Hey everyone out there, how's it going? Welcome to Screen Speak. It is the podcast that is all about movies, life, and oh so much more. I'm Jordan Anderson, this is my podcast, and I do want to thank you sincerely for coming by and giving it a listen on this fine... Uh, what the heck day is it today? It's Monday, July 11th, 2022. So thank you for coming by and giving it a listen. If you have not done so already, please, please, I implore you, I don't know who says implore, but I guess I do, I implore you to go ahead and follow and download episodes of ScreenSpeak on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you choose to listen to your podcasts at, you can find ScreenSpeak, or obviously you found it because you're listening to it, go ahead and subscribe, follow it, whatever you want to do, just please do one of those things. Uh, it would it would definitely definitely help the growth of the channel, the growth of the podcast. I don't know why I call it a channel. This is a podcast. Whatever. I'm recording this a little bit later on in the evening, but that's okay. <clears throat> Anyways, on with the show. Um, so first, well, actually, before I get into the the content and everything that we're gonna that I'm gonna talk about in the episode today, uh probably should give a recap on what's been going on in the last couple weeks. Uh, so the last episode of Screen Speak uh, you were listening to, if you're an existing listener or a new listener, was probably with my friend Jonathan Clay Jr. Uh, we were talking about Spider-Man No Way Home. I thought we had a lot of fun talking about that. Um, talked about some of the different possibilities of the multiverse, our takes on the different iterations of Spider-Man over the years, and a lot more. Uh, so if you're interested in Spider-Man or things like uh, Spider-Man, Marvel, etc., uh, check out that last episode. I thought it was pretty good, and we had a good conversation. So, But today, I was realizing after I was going back through and, and looking at the episode logs on here that I actually hadn't done the continuation of the movie collection. I had part one, two, and three up, which you can also go back and listen to. Uh, and I've just been going through and talking about my physical media collection of both 4K and Blu-ray movies with some DVDs in there for whatever's not available on the Blu-ray or 4K format. Um, so anyways, I just, I was looking back and I'm like, oh crap, I got to continue this because I still, I'm like a little over halfway maybe through the collection. I'm looking at the shelf right now and I think that's where I'm at. So anyways, that's what this episode's about. I'm going to go through, continue talking about my physical movie collection, just give you short snippet reviews, if you want to call it, for those movies, brief thoughts on them, etc., uh, and we'll go forward from there. So if you like physical media, you like 4K movies, you like Blu-rays, you like talking about those sorts of things or listening to people talk about those sorts of things, then you have come to the right place. So stick around. That's what's going to happen. Um... But another pause before I get into that. Uh, let's let me just talk about what's been going on in life. What's been going on? Um, past week, I went to Texas. I don't know why I said Texas. It's it's Texas. Went to Texas. I I have family that lives in Texas, uh, mostly on my mother's side. Uh, I went down there with my wife and my and my mother. And my little brother, he flew down individually on his own because I guess he's a baller and has some money. But we we took the road trip. Road trip, man. Um, I don't know if any of you have taken long extended road trips with your family, friends, or just by yourself. But it's a long haul. 
from where I, from where we were driving, uh, you know, it was like 14, 15 hours, I think to get to where we were going. But we, I also had to figure in that we had a dog on board. So when you have a dog on board, you factor in all the times it needs to go to the bathroom, uh, that, that, that leads to a lot of stops. Plus you got to go to the bathroom and get gas. So it is what it is, but we made it down as a family and it was a great time. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. Um, we hadn't been down there for probably like about two years or so, uh, mostly thanks to the pandemic, but then also just life. I think last year I actually maybe could have gone, but I used, uh, most PTO I had for going to Brazil, um, to, to see my, um, I have to say wife cause we're civilly, we're civilly married, but not sacramentally. So, um, we weren't married at the time, but anyways, I visited her, used the PTO from my job to, to do that. And so I just don't think I had any left to go do it last year. So finally I was able to go this year, which was great. And it was cool for her. Uh, cause she hadn't really been around, uh, that part of Texas, hadn't met that side of my family. A lot of them are going to be coming to the wedding this fall. Um, so I'm really, I'm really happy about that. It's definitely good. Uh, but what else can I say? Uh, on the political side of things, I guess I, I, I'll take a chance and I'll bring this up, even though this isn't exactly uh, a news flash to anybody that lives in America. It's a very red state, uh, Texas. It's a very red state, Iowa. Uh, that's where I'm at. I would say it's also a borderline red state, but it still has a lot of shades of blue. And as far as where I fall in the political spectrum, not that it matters for the sake of this episode and or screen speak as a whole, because I don't really do uh, politics, so to speak on this. um, I'd like to think I'm a moderate. And so with that being said, I just notice, you know, you just notice a lot of differences when you're in a climate and area where the political, um, where the political leanings of people are so kind of far opposed from the area that you tend to be in on a day-to-day basis. Just a lot of little things. I mean, like I saw like, uh, there was like Trump flags, like waving everywhere. I saw people on bypasses, like waving for Trump. Um, people talking about guns and abortion, a lot, a lot of, you know, you know, big issues that just came up. And and maybe that's just normal when you go and visit family that you don't see that often, they just end up talking about these things. Um, I can say, I thankfully, like I didn't engage in it really. I mean, like I, I was, I I felt like I was a good listener. Um, and it's not that I don't have an interest in politics or the current climate and things like that, but I just think if you're on a family trip and you're there for fun and, and spending wholesome time with people, it's not really worth trying to get into like a, you know, fist match over different political ideologies and views. But with all that said, it's like, it's kind of hard not to notice some of the glaring uh, instances when it came up. So aside from all that, uh, it was great. Weather was fantastic. Uh, we got to float in a lake, have some beer, have some food, and have some good laughs. So it was much needed and I feel, I feel refreshed. So I guess that's the point of a good trip, right? You want to come back feeling rejuvenated. So that's what happened. But aside from myself, I hope you, the, the listener are doing well out there. Hope things are clicking. Uh, hope things are churning. They're burning or you're, what is, what is one, one of, uh, what is one of these expressions I'm trying to say? It's like you're, you're cashing, snapping necks and cashing checks is, that's from Step Brothers. Um, 
whatever whatever the expression is that's going towards your well-being and overall uh, future successes or whatever, I hope that's happening for you. And if it's not, I don't know, maybe take a trip. Do what I did. Take a trip, even if it's with family, which I realize that may sound like a hindrance because you're like, oh, God, I might not get along with my mom or my dad or my brothers, uh, whatever. Take a chance, right? You, know, you spend enough time with these people. I mean, they are bound to you biologically by, you know, blood or whatever, if that means something to you. Uh, so I feel like there's like an inner, there's a connection there just due to that. So even if you don't get along with these people as much, uh, I don't know, maybe you'll get an experience out of it. Or alternatively, you could just go on a trip and not bring them. You could always do that. Just don't, just don't bring them. Uh, that's actually something I've always kind of wanted to do is to go on like a vacation just by myself. It's strange. It's not saying I would like isolate myself. That doesn't mean like I'm going to go into a cabin and like just do nothing. But the idea of traveling alone for like, I don't know, four or five days with just myself, just my thoughts, you know, I'm still connected in the world. I can still like go out to eat or be on my phone or whatever, but just a total solo vacation and just poke around someplace like by myself. I don't know. I feel like there could be something there. That could make actually for a good podcast too. So I don't know. Who knows? Uh, what do you What do you guys think out there? Should I Should I eventually find time in my life to go out somewhere on a solo location? I got to come up with a better name for that. That's not very good. Um, anyways, I'm making it sound like like oh like I hate like being around people and uh, families and stuff. No, I don't. I thought of a solo vacation came up because it was organic. Uh, it made sense to talk about, and so that's what I did. Talked about it. So, okay, I've clearly overthought this point of the podcast, and now I've been talking for look at this, look at the clock, da, 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 ten minutes. Okay, all right, talk for ten minutes straight. Let's go ahead and get into the movies. That's what you're here for. Just try to keep it a little personal, because God forbid I share some details about myself and whatever. Anyways, you're like shut, shut the hell up, shut the hell up. Let's get in the movies. You got it. All right. I'm going to grab some movies and we're going to get started. Okay. Grabbing some off. I think these are still alphabetical. Uh, I hope if they are not, uh, well, you can let me know by following the podcast, right? Another shameless plug for following the podcast. Go ahead and do it on Instagram at ScreenSpeak podcast, or you can always email the podcast directly at, and excuse me, that email is just titled screenspeakpodcast at gmail.com. You can tell me your thoughts or tell me how much you are sick of the voice. Either way, you can reach out. All right, let's go. The first one I got up on here is the 4K of La La Land. That has Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, and it's directed by, why can't I think of his name? It's Justin something, isn't it? Oh my God, Justin, Jesus. Damien Chazelle. I wasn't even close on that one. Uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with Damien Chazelle, he's certainly a new director, but he's he's making big waves. Um, Whiplash was, I think, his breakout movie, and he did a short film prior to that that had J.K. Simmons, but not uh, Miles Teller, who ended up being the lead in the movie. Um but anyways, Whip, Whiplash is fantastic, and in fact, I own it, so if I ever get to the end of the movie collection uh, series here on ScreenSpeak, uh, I'm sure I will end up talking about it. <clears throat> but 
But anyways, La La Land, I actually really enjoyed. And that's surprising for me, especially because it's a musical. Now, I think many men out there in particular don't really like or prefer musicals because they're either too, they're too light. Uh, some would consider effeminate. Uh, you know, just there's a lot of songs and dancing. So not a lot of like guys really like musicals in, in my opinion still. But this one I liked because, <clears throat> well, for one, the acting and direction is really fantastic. It's great. I'm a big Ryan Gosling fan. I like a lot of the guy's work and what he does. I think he's got a lot of range and, and diversity in his work. I like Emma Stone. I think the first thing I ever saw her in was super bad. A totally different movie, but but she's really um, proving herself to be a great actress. Uh, and then Damien Chazelle, again, I, I go back to him. Um, <clears throat> a lot of this movie, I think you have to thank for him because he, he clearly has a love for music, love for jazz in particular, which sort of carries on from Whiplash because that movie in part was also about jazz. Um, and it's just a more, I would say, grounded musical. Like they're still singing and dancing and stuff, but it's all original music. So it's not trying to cover or do something like a Moulin Rouge does. Which, no real offense to Moulin Rouge, I, I like a lot of the acting and the, the costumes and the sets behind that, but I'm not a really a big fan of, of cover music. That's just personal opinion. So La La Land is doing original music, so I think that also elevates itself to be more original. Um, <clears throat> and then it's just uh, great chemistry with the leads, um, and it's got positive... Uh, well, there's some great positive songs in this, but there's also some heartbreaking songs in it, too. So, sort of it's like a life imitates art thing, at least to me. I mean, it's like art can be beautiful, but it can also be painful at the same time. And I feel like La La Land is a good mix of both, uh, with some good music thrown in between. So, that's La La Land. <clears throat> Alright, next up, I got Lady Bird. Uh, this has Cerise Ronan. I think I'm saying her name right. She's a very good actress. Very good. Timothy Chalamet, who now seems to be in everything, he is also in this. Uh, th this is a good movie. I guess I'm not going to say it's amazing because I've only watched it once. And I remember when I watched it, I was like, hmm, okay, that was pretty good. Um, but I, I guess, I don't know, I wasn't like blown away from it. But yeah, maybe, maybe it's just like I'm not the target demographic for this movie. But it is a good mother-daughter relationship movie. Uh, and I... I guess you could call it a coming-of-age story. That's that's what I feel like this movie would be classified under. So, yeah, that's Lady Bird. And I have that on Blu-ray. I should specify that. <clears throat> okay, this next one is a freaking gem. If you don't own this one, do yourself a favor and go ahead and buy it. And that is Legend of the Guardians, the Owls of Gahul. I, I feel like no one talks about this movie. No one talks about this movie anymore, except apparently on ScreenSpeak. So, this is actually a Zack Snyder film, if you can believe it. Yes, the guy behind 300, Watchmen, most recently Army of the Dead. I think he has some other uh, pictures, of course. But uh, definitely not like any of those previous movies I just mentioned. It's animated. It has owls. Uh, beautifully animated, by the way. has a fun soundtrack in it. Um, who does the music for this? Let me see. Uh, I'm looking... Oh, come on. Music by da Oh, good lord. I can't pronounce this last name, but I'll try. David Hirsch Hirschfelder. Maybe it is just Hirschfelder. That's not that bad. Okay. 
but anyways, it's actually based off of a series of not of novels uh, card uh, called Guardians of Gahul. Um, never read them, but I guess maybe I need to. I would presume they're probably like a family-friendly book, but I, I, I'm not really sure. Um, but it's just, it's a really gorgeously animated movie, and the way I would describe it to someone as like a sales pitch is that it's Lion King meets Lord of the Rings, but with owls. That's how I would describe this. And also, Hugo Weaving is actually in this from Lord of the Rings, so perhaps there is a sort of a secret nod to the audience there kind of thing by doing that casting. I don't know. I might be reaching. Either way, it's a very good movie. Uh, Next one up here, I got Leon the Professional on Blu-ray. I need to get this in 4K, truthfully, because Luke Basson, like early Luke Basson, damn, made some good movies. Uh, If you follow the podcast on Instagram, I actually got to recently watch the, uh, I think it was like the 25th anniversary of The Fifth Element on the big screen. And that's another Luc Besson movie. And my God, is that movie fun? Just a fun, fun movie. And it's so colorful and and just lively. I I love that movie. Uh, But Leon the Professional, it's one that like I really got to be in the mood for. So I don't think I watch it as much as maybe some of the others in my collection. But it, it's powerful and it's simple. The premise is simple, but at the heart of the relationship, or sorry, at the heart of the movie is the relationship between um, uh, Jean, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> Jean Reno's character and Natalie Portman, which I think, I don't know if this is Natalie Portman's first movie. I think it might be at least her first credited one. I think she was only like, I don't know, 12 or 13 when she made the movie, I want to say. Um, but it's like, if that relationship didn't work in this movie, the whole thing falls apart. And Gary Oldman is a just maniacal, insane villain in this. One of his finest villain performances, if you ask me. Uh, and the ending is ending is top-notch. It's like the chef's kiss of, of action movie endings. Just, ah, moi. I don't know if people do that, but, whew, it is, it's good. And I need to get it in 4K because I just feel like this type of movie actually merits being watched in the highest uh, resolution possible. Okay. Ooh, this next one here, this one actually took me a long time to find. And I don't think you can just buy this in stores. You have to order it online. Cause I've, I've literally like never seen this for sale in a store and that's Lake Placid. Uh, it's got Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman's awesome. Totally underrated and not Bill Paxton. Why do people get it mixed up? It's Bill Pullman, not Paxton. I mean, gee, I don't even think they look alike. Is it just cause they both have a P in their last name? I don't know. Bill Pullman, Bridget Fonda, Oliver Platt, and Brendan Gleeson is also in this. This is a fun, like, B-monster movie. It's got really funny dialogue. Actually has some fairly genuine scares from time to time in it. And it's just a good time. Just a really good time about people in a small town getting ripped up by an alligator that shouldn't be there. Um, This is actually, I think this is a... Yeah, this came from Scream Factory. So Scream Factory, I've noticed, they end up putting out... Um, like seems, seems like older catalog titles that either never had a Blu-ray before or they like went out of print a long time ago. Um, anyways, in any, in any case, uh, they put this one out and it's really great. And another, I guess another plug that I'll put for, for Scream Factory that I like is that they, on their physical media, do interchangeable reversible cases. 
So like one side is like the usually like the original poster, and then the other side they actually put on like custom artwork or like maybe fan artwork. So you can have it be displayed in in either case, and and the picture quality is like really good on their uh, Blu-rays. I feel like haven't seen their 4Ks, but their Blu-rays for sure. And they usually get them packed full of uh, good bonus features. Sometimes new ones too, if it's like a commemorative edition. But anyways, Lake Placid, uh, if you haven't seen it, go ahead and check it out. I, I, if you can find the Blu-ray, go ahead and order it. Uh, otherwise, I'm sure you could probably find it like somewhere on Amazon, I bet. Like something on Prime. But anyways, check, check that out. Lake Placid. <clears throat> okay. Let's see. Okay, The Last Samurai. This is actually a new one in the collection. If, you, if you're going to believe this, I got it for like, like $2.00. $2 for The Last Samurai of Tom Cruise. That's a fantastic deal. I don't think they have a 4K for this, but if they did, I would also get this in 4K. Uh, essentially, just think Dances with Wolves, but with the Samurai. And Sometimes I feel bad making that comparison just because the stories do play out so similar, uh, similarly. I don't even know if I can say that right. Uh, the stories are similar, but it's one of Tom Cruise's best movies. Edward Zwick, uh, he directed it. Pretty sure that's the director of Glory. I, if I'm mistaken on that, someone can let me know. But good movie. And also, Ken Watanabe is the shit. Okay. <sighs> I'm too old for this podcast. Uh, I got the Lethal Weapon collection. So, Lethal Weapon 1 through 4. Uh, Lethal Weapon... I actually sometimes consistently will cite it in like my top five or ten favorite movies of all time. I, I absolutely love it. I do. I used to want a, a mullet like Mel Gibson back in the day. thought it was badass. He's badass in the movie. Uh, him and Danny Glover have some of the best movie chemistry or have some of the best chemistry I've ever seen in the film. Uh, absolutely phenomenal. There's great moments in this. It's funny. It's heartfelt. Uh, has some awesome action. Um, let me go ahead, since I'm talking about Lethal Weapon, I talked about how I rank it in my top five, top ten. I will rank the four Lethal Weapon movies. Can't do the fifth, because that hasn't come out yet, but apparently it will. Uh, on that note, I super, super, super hope that Mel Gibson does not ruin uh, the franchise, I think, that arguably made him a household name back in the day, and still today, because Mel, Mel Gibson's pretty awesome. Uh, let's see. So we got Lethal Weapon 1, one or just Lethal Weapon, Lethal Weapon 2, Lethal Weapon 3, Lethal Weapon 4. Okay, here's the ranking. Number one, it's the best. I mean, it's the best, it's the first. It's got to be put as the best, I think. Number Followed by, closely by Lethal Weapon 2. It's actually really good. I wouldn't say it's as good as the original, but pretty damn good. And then next, I'm going to actually put Lethal Weapon 4 uh, over 3. So, Lethal Weapon 3 is at the bottom. So, it's Lethal Weapon, Lethal Weapon 2, Lethal Weapon 4, and Lethal... 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 <laughs> lethal Weapon uh, 3 is my least favorite. Reason why the third one's my least favorite, it's got to be that dog bit, right? When Mel Gibson starts acting like a dog to get it, to get it to go away. It just felt so cartoonish and out of left field and just not the tone of what the franchise had been built on previously. And it, and it just didn't go in a good direction, um, frankly. It's not all bad. Like, Joe Pesci has some good moments. I like Rene Russo overall in the movie. 
but there is just some tonal inconsistencies that make it not as good, in, in my opinion, as the other entries. And then the last one's great. So I don't know. Like some people, I don't think like the fourth one, but the, with this fifth one, I, I mentioned that Mel Gibson. He's he said that he's going to come back and and he's going to actually direct it and, and be in it himself. And I presume with Danny, I presume, but. I don't know. I guess I got to have faith because I feel like he wouldn't, Mel Gibson would not come back to it unless there was like a really special reason for it. Cause he seems past the point in his life where he cares about like a cash grab. Um, so I hope there's like actually like a real good story and, and reason for it to come back because otherwise I really would have been happy with the end of the fourth one. Uh, I like the end of that. It seemed fitting. It ties up a lot of loose ends from previous things in the movie. I feel like there was a lot of closure, but I guess we'll just have to see what the, what the, you know, powers that be hold for that one. So lethal weapon. Uh, I got a DVD. I actually think there is a Blu-ray of this available from actually either shout factor. Is it shout factory or no scream factory, uh, of liar, liar, <clears throat> Great movie. Jim Carrey with the claw. Jim Carrey being top tier Jim Carrey back in the 90s. Uh, Is this the 90s? Yeah, 1997. It's a fantastic movie. What else can I say? Uh, Got Life of Pi. This is the Blu-ray. I don't have the 4K, but this would also justify a 4K purchase. Uh, Life of Pi, I think it sold a shitload of books. It's a very, very popular uh, book. And the movie was like, it was being like hailed as like the next avatar. It was, it was a big deal at the time, uh, especially because of the visual effects, which I will say are very stunning, but I like this movie and I, and I like it for a couple of reasons. One, I really enjoy movies about like castaway kind of style movies where it's like people in isolated locations having to figure out how to survive. I could watch that shit for like two hours and, and still be, be intrigued if it's done right. And in this, it's done right because I think there's a, there's a brilliant combination of gorgeous special effects and, and visual effects behind the movie. But then there's a brilliant, simple, beautiful story of, of growing up. So there is a coming of age element to it. Uh, there's hardship, there's pain, uh, there's like natural beauty. So you can like admire the natural beauty of the world. And, uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of message actually about religion in the movie, but it doesn't like beat you over the head with it. Um, I feel like it's subtle with the religious messages that it has. And it just kind of shows you how beautiful and powerful spirituality can be. So it's a, yeah, it's a great movie. <clears throat> uh, I got the lighthouse. Uh, I talked to, I haven't talked about the Northmen on this podcast, have I? No, I haven't. Eventually, eventually, I feel like I will talk about the Northmen. That was the last Robert Eggers movie. I really, really dug that. Saw it twice in theaters. It was awesome. Um, but The Lighthouse was what preceded that, and it's great. Uh, though it's a super weird movie, I, I feel like this is the type of movie that you only watch like once a year, maybe once or twice, just because... It has such a specific tone and style to it that it's not the kind of movie that I would want to just pop in on a whim and watch it. Like I, I need to really be craving something dark and weird and, and silly as well. Cause there are some silly moments in this and, and creepy too. It's a disturbing 
movie. There's really nothing like this movie. I, if I'm being honest with you guys, I can't think of anything that even compares to a movie like this. So, but check it out. Check it out. <clears throat> uh, I got the 4K of Logan, which actually comes with Noir Logan, uh, which I did watch. I did actually watch the black and white version of it. Um, I'm trying to think, what, what could I say about it? I mean, I think Logan's, I mean, it's fantastic. Like, what a hell of a way to go out of uh, a long-standing franchise and I think give it possibly its best entry in the entire series as far as the character goes. Because I still love X-Men, uh, X, X1, X2. X3 even has its moments, but not really that good. Um, but yeah, as far as Hugh Jackman goes, as far as his performance as the character, I think this is, like... It stands above the others as far as performance goes. He really gives it his all in this. And also Patrick Stewart is uh, surprisingly also goes in a different direction for Professor X. Um, and there really is, uh, there's real, there's some real emotion behind this one. Uh, this is actually one that like if it's on, it's like I feel like I can't help but stop it and watch it because I like it that much. Um, so anyways, Logan, it's awesome. <clears throat> Uh, this next one is what I feel to be is an underrated and an overlooked movie, which is Lords of Dogtown. Uh, so this is telling the story of the, uh, what is it? The Z boys that I think they're based, they, they were based out of like San, San Diego, San Francisco, California beach area. They were basically like the original skateboarders that popularized it and led to people like, you know, Tony Hawk and Bamajera and, and so on and so forth. Uh, and it's a really excellent ensemble movie. Uh, the, the cast in here is great. You got Emil Hirsch, uh, John Robinson, uh, v- Victor Rasuk, uh, Heath Ledger, late, uh, late great Heath Ledger's in this, uh, and Johnny Knoxville's in this as well. Um, so there's a really solid cast with this movie, and I feel like it's very colorful. Uh, it's very musical, actually, in ways. And it covers a lot of ground, but I think it's just a... It's an adrenaline rush of a movie, but it also is, again, kind of just grounded. And it's just a really interesting story to see how these people that started basically just taking makeshift boards and riding around in pools, um, you know, literally hopping houses, running from cops, turns like an underground sport into something so popular that's still to this day going. Uh, it's really cool. So I always really like this movie and I just, I'd never hear anybody talk about it. So... Lords of Dogtown. Check that out. Uh, Lord of War. Uh, Nicolas Cage narrating a movie for two hours about guns. Uh. Uh, (laughs) Okay. I I joke, but this is one of my favorite Nicolas Cage movies. Uh, This to me is like right when he was like on the verge of starting to do all those like B movies that people now make fun of him for. Uh, Because this was in 2006, I want to say. I'm looking at the back of the four. I have this on 4K. Uh, why? Why am I spending time looking at this? Oh, 2005. Okay. Well, I was wrong. Uh, this is from the writer of the Truman Show, Gattaca. Um, he directed it. Uh, very, very smart movie. Excellent movie. If you like just movies that have a voiceover but actually do it well, Lord of War is definitely a good one. And Ethan Hawke. 
is great. And, and Jared Leto is also in this movie. And I'm pretty sure that dude has done cocaine and other drugs in real life because his performance is a little all too real, if you get what I'm meaning. So, okay. That's Lord of War. Uh, the next one I got, damn, I want to upgrade this to 4K too, is Lone Survivor with Mark Wahlberg. It's one of the best like true story military movies I've seen. Uh, I would put it up there with like platoon saving private Ryan. Like, I mean the greats. I mean, I'm not saying it's necessarily maybe as good as those just cause those are such like established classic movies. Now, I don't know if lone survivor will ever get put into that classic status, but it is authentic from what I can tell. And I've watched a lot of different interviews with Marcus Luttrell, the guy that lived through the whole experience and he consulted on the movie. He actually makes a cameo in the movie. Uh, it was very closely, I feel like, watched the production of this movie because they wanted to get it right uh, because of the people that, that fought in this movie. And it's, a, it's just a damn good movie. Uh, it, Peter Berg directed this movie, and I think, I think it's his best movie. It's the best movie that he's directed by far. Okay, I'm going to grab another pile here, so bear with me. Uh, go get a drink if you have to or something, even though I wouldn't go too far because uh, the pile's right in front of me. So, hang on. Okay. Let's grab some more. Grab some more movies. All right, Lost Boys. Who can forget that opening credit sequence with that oiled-up guy playing the saxophone? Why is that what sticks out in my head? I don't know. But when I said the Lost Boys, I started picturing that song in the opening with that badass saxophone. Um, but anyways, I, fun movie, great movie of the eighties has the Corey's Corey Haim, Corey Feldman has Kiefer Sutherland with a Billy Idol like haircut, which I think he's even admitted that Billy Idol's look was an influence as far as just the overall, I said, look of the character. Um, but it's a great, great fun movie and RIP Joel Schumacher. I don't think you always got the appreciation that you deserve. You got associated with the stupid Batman nipples and those last two Batman movies. Damn it. People need to remember you for the Lost Boys and also Falling Down with Michael Douglas, among, among many others. So rest in peace, big guy. Lost in Translation. I actually just cited this one today. If I had to put a top five list, I actually always throw this one on there because I don't think I've seen any other movie that perfectly captures the feeling of loneliness, but also comfort in being alone and introspection and just a lot of complicated but isolated feelings that one can have when they're in a place that they're just they feel so far removed from. I don't know if any of that makes sense, but if you've lived through some of that, you might get what I'm talking about. Bill Murray was nominated for an Oscar for this one. It did win the Best Original Screenplay back in 2003. Uh, just a delightful movie. And it's a feel-good movie, but again, I can turn to this movie in a lot of different moods. If I want something lightly funny, I can watch it. If I want something serious, it works. If I'm just feeling lonely and I want something that you know can somehow comfort it a little bit, I've gone back to this movie. It's strange the power that certain movies have, but Lost in Translation is definitely one of those. Uh, Love and Other Drugs. This is Jake Gyllenhaal and Anne Hathaway. It's a fun romantic comedy. I'll admit there's a lot of sex and nudity, so if you can't handle that sort of thing, probably don't watch it. But 
I guess if you like those people, you may or may not see them uh, naked. So that seems like a really odd sales pitch. Like, why? Are, like, that's the thing that you watch it for? No, it's actually not. I happen to like both of the actors a lot. Uh, Edward Zwick actually directed this, which I think that's what got my curiosity about it. Just because I'm like, this is the dude that did The Last Samurai and Glory, and he's directing a romantic comedy. Okay, that's different. Uh, and also, I like the other cast in this. Oliver Platt, um, he's fantastic. He's also in Lake Placid and is wonderful in that movie. Uh, but then Hank Azaria's in this, Josh Gad. I mean, there's a lot of people in the movie that I really enjoy. And it's actually, I think it goes against some of the romantic comedy tropes that we're so accustomed to seeing. And it's very, uh, I don't know, it feels, feels real. Uh, a couple times there's some Hollywood cliches. I'm, I'm pretty sure they literally have a moment where he like has to like chase after the girl, like on a bus or a plane or something like that. Um, but anyways, give, give that one a shot. Um, it's also interesting to take a look into the world of pharmaceuticals and like high pressured sales and stuff like that. So I, I remember it for all those reasons, not just the nudity. Okay. Uh, Love and Mercy. If you're a fan of the Beach Boys, you like Paul Dano, you love John Cusack and Paul Giamatti, this movie is up your alley. I didn't know half the shit in this movie about Brian Wilson, how the Beach Boys came to be, his overall mental state of being. So much fascinating stuff here, and it's told exceptionally well. If you like Beach Boys, you gotta check out Love and Mercy. Uh, Madagascar? Madahua? Uh, that's my bad Sasha, Sasha, Sasha Baron Cohen impression. Madagascar. Um, Madagascar, I, I had the Blu-ray for this. It made the song I like to move it, move it popular again. Uh, and it has a, a fun fun cast. Chris Rock, Ben, ben Stiller, um, Jada Pinkett Smith, David Schwimmer. I said Sasha Baron Cohen. I think that Andy Richter, the guy that's on the Conan show, he's even in it. Uh who the hell else is in this movie? I feel like there's someone else I am forgetting. Ah, yes. Cedric the Entertainer, for those of you that like him. And, of course, the Penguins. The Penguins are classic. Um, but, unfortunately, I don't think the sequels ever got close to the original. Like, at least with, like, Shrek and some of those other movies, like, the second or even third one you can kind of buy into. But after Madagascar 1, I don't really feel like there's any Madagascar. That's just me. Madagascar is one. Uh, Madagascar one. It's all you need. Um, Magnolia. This is also a new one in my collection. I got the Blu-ray for this. I'll be honest. I have never seen this. Bruce. Uh, Bruce, who I've had on the podcast a couple of times. This is apparently one of his favorite movies. I think I picked it up just because he's told me about it so much. I need to get around to watching it, and I promise sometime I will, but until that point, it's going to sit on the shelf, and it gets a quick mention on this episode of Screenspeak. <clears throat> Manchester by the Sea. Uh, Casey Affleck, Michelle Williams, Kyle Chandler, and Lucas Hedges in one of the most depressing damn movies I have ever seen. Damn. This movie's good, but it is not something I plan on rewatching a lot, but I do have it because it's probably like one of the most authentic, most grounded, feel real stories of grief I think I've ever seen. Um, and it, it's, it's a powerful watch and the ending even might feel a little bit underwhelming, but I, I think if you think about it and how things really kind of go down in life, you would find it like all too real. 
I, I don't know. I just th- this is a movie. This, this is a movie. It sure is. <clears throat> okay. I got The Martian on 4K, the extended edition. Also comes with the theatrical. Um, this is a this is one of Ridley Scott's most, I'd say, commercially successful movies, and, and I love it. I mean, I, I think I saw it in theaters twice. It has an incredible cast. I mean, let me just rattle these guys off. So you got Matt Damon in the title role, Jessica Chastain, Kristen Wiig, Jeff Daniels, Michael Pena, Kate Mara, Sean Bean, Sebastian Stan, uh, Chiwajel Ejiofor, and then the guy whose name I can never pronounce, Axel uh, Henny. Uh, he plays the German, the bald German guy in the movie, I want to say. <clears throat> but that that cast alone is insane. And, oh, and Donald Glover. I don't even think I, yeah, I forgot. He's in that too. Fantastic movie and super rewatchable, especially if you're into like those castaway type movies. You like movies that are based on real science and they have a great ensemble casting and direction. Like The Martian hits so many of those check boxes. So if you haven't seen it, definitely, definitely check that out. <clears throat> the Mask on Blu ray. Uh, this is Jim Carrey in peak Jim Carrey form in the 90s. I think this also. Well, this, sorry, this came out in 94. I thought 97. Cameron Diaz's first movie. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a damn, damn funny movie. And I think it still holds up. <coughs> oh, crap. Hang on. I just swallowed down, swallowed air down the wrong pipe here. Hang on. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Okay. This next one here is The Matador. I only have the DVD of this because I don't think there is a Blu-ray or any other form of resolution for this one. This is a dark comedy, not one that I don't think it's talked about a lot. I know I enjoyed it in particular because this was shortly... This is a few years, I think, after Pierce Brosnan got out from Die Another Day, his last turn as James Bond. And... It was just like a, it's like he was still playing someone like James Bond because he's like an assassin and he does like spy things, but he's kind of like dirty and, and rough and drunk. And he's a bit of a lonesome, funny guy too. Like there's, it's very different performance from what you're probably used to Pierce Brosnan doing. And I just ended up like really enjoying the movie. It's, it's different. It's again, I'll say it's dark has a lot of dark humor in it, but, uh, if you like dark comedies and you like Pierce Brosnan, I I would check it out. Uh, one of my absolute favorite underlooked, uh, Nicholas Cage movies is matchstick men. This was Ridley Scott has Sam Rockwell, Alyssa, uh, Alison Lohman, uh, if I mean, it's a con man movie and I love a good con man story and it's, it's so good. Um, has some, I think it's one of Nick, Nick, it's one of Nick Cage's absolute best performances. And again, this was before he was being made fun of for all the B movies that he was doing. Uh, people forget that about Nick Cage. And that's why I think I always go back and I defend the guy. Cause I'm like, he spent so much of his career putting out excellent work that I think unfortunately got overshadowed due to some career choices that he made over the last 10 years. But Damn it. Go back and check this one out and, and the ending of this. What, what a good twist ending and it actually works and you can still watch it and appreciate it and not have it be ruined just because of the ending. Uh, great, great movie. Okay. I got a few more here and then I think I'm actually going to call it good for part four on here. 
I realize I could keep going a little bit longer, but uh, I do need to actually go to sleep uh, for this one. And uh, yeah, but but I'll continue this because uh, I've enjoyed talking about this. I don't know if you've enjoyed listening, but hey, you can tell me by leaving me feedback or following or never listening to Screen Speak again. All right. Uh, let's see. Which Okay. I have it right here. I have the Matrix Trilogy in 4K, which now I need to own Matrix Resurrections. Regardless of what anyone thinks of that movie, I just I want to own it because I'm a completionist and I, I need to have it. So it, it completes the set. But I really like the actual original Matrix trilogy. First one, of course, it's the best. Of course it is, right? It's got so many iconic things. It changed technology in movies. It, it did a lot of groundbreaking stuff. It's a great movie. The sequels, uh, Reloaded and Revolutions, the Wachowskis, they shot them back to back. Um, I do prefer Reloaded over Revolutions, though I think Revolutions gets shit on a little too much. Um, but it's just because the ending is, I would say it's a letdown. It is a letdown for what it was all building up to. I didn't like it. Did not like the ending, but it's hard for me to still not like the rest of what was going on in that movie. And then in Matrix Reloaded, uh, there's some great stuff with like the twins with the dreadlocks, the Chateau fight, the motorcycle chase scene on the highway. Um, I, you know, I liked what they were trying to do. They had a vision and they saw it from start to finish and I respect them for that. So... Yeah, and, and they're great 4Ks. It's a it's a good 4K set. Uh, okay, this next one here, I have another 4K set. This is the Men in Black trilogy. Uh, this is kind of a similar deal, actually, in a way. Men in Black, the first one, it's still the best. Men in Black Two, uh, it's having kind of sequel. It's having sequel problems, kind of like a classic Iron Man Two situation. It's overstuffed. Uh, there's too much going on in it, yet there's still things that work. And then there was a long delay between Men in Black 2 and Men in Black 3. And Men in Black 3, I would say, largely does work. But then the ending is kind of... Uh, well, actually... No, actually... No, I'm sorry. I take that back. I actually like the ending of Men in Black 3, but the villain, I just kind of thought was blah. That's what I, that's what I remember. Uh, but anyways, I got this as, actually as a birthday present from my old roommate, um, Matt, my old roommate, uh, from years ago, if you are listening, thanks for those movies. They are still in the collection. Okay. I'm going to try. Yeah. I'm going to speed round through the rest of the M's and then I will stop at the letter N because I alphabetize this. So here we go. Uh, okay. Oh, uh, okay, I got Metallica Through the Never. This is a concert Blu-ray, so if you like concerts, uh, check it out. But it's also a movie, too, which is kind of interesting. To be honest, I never actually watched this whole thing. I mostly just watched it for the concert footage because I do like Metallica. And, yeah. And, I, I don't know, there's a lot of stuff, like, in the background for this, like, uh, not background, the behind the scenes. I should, like, set this up. I, I need to set this one aside and check it out again. <clears throat> um, okay. Midnight Run. Uh, I got to do a podcast on on Midnight Run uh, at some point. This one uh, comes from Shout Factory. That's right. Okay, Shout Factory and Scream Factory. I I said this way earlier. You're probably just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What is he saying? Scream Factory is a uh, horror. They put out horror movie titles, which Lake Placid would fall under. Shout Factory is like comedies. Got it. I think they're still owned by the same people. 
Uh, I love the artwork for this uh, collector's edition. They did a great job remastering it because I used to have the DVD. Um, they have good special features on here. There's a new 2K scan from the inner positive of the movie. Um, there's also new interviews uh, with De Niro on his thoughts on the character Jack Walsh. So it's it's really, really good physical media um, item that I have here. And this is a super rewatchable movie. It's fun. It's great. It's got De Niro in a role you wouldn't typically see him in. He's soft, but or he's tough but tender, is how I would describe it. And then the late the late Charles Grodin uh, loved him as the as the Duke, the Duke. <clears throat> misery. Um, sadly, I think a lot of us were in misery. I, I realize that's a shameless plug or a pun, but. A lot of people were in misery due to James Caan passing recently. I think he passed away at the age of 82. Uh, wonderful actor. In fact, I should probably, I did recently on the podcast a tribute to Ray Liotta. I should do one for James Caan because the guy has been in definitely enough movies that there's plenty to talk about. Whether it's The Godfather, uh, Misery, Brian's Song, uh, you know, Thief, you know, Elf. I could probably keep going, but that's just to name a few. The guy was a great actor. And in Misery, it's one of the better Stephen King adaptations. Kathy Bates, I think, actually won the Oscar for this one. She is a psycho. <laughs> a real a real good psycho, I might add. Uh, it's a Rob Reiner movie. Uh, yeah, just if you haven't seen Misery, like what are you doing? Like you gotta add this like to your like October movie watching list. It's such a good movie. Uh okay. I'm going to rapid fire through the rest of these. Uh, Molly's Game. Molly's Game is pretty great. Jessica Chastain, Idris Elba, Kevin Costner, written and directed by Aaron Sorkin. You're going to have some whip-sharp, excellent dialogue with a wonderful true story. Cool fact, actually, I got to meet the real-life Molly Bloom that this movie is based off of. Got to see her speak at a conference I was at. That was really cool. Definitely one of the coolest things. And if I was smart enough, I would have brought my actual copy of the movie to have her sign. But I did not. But I, I do have a picture. I do have a picture that I, I, I took with her to, to prove that it happened. So that's cool. Uh, I got a Monster Calls. Uh, this is this is a also really kind of hard to watch movie. Not that it's like bad or like drags. It's just it's very emotionally heavy. Um but it's such a unique uh, movie, and it's based off of like this this graphic novel that I actually have. I own it because I was so curious from the story. A boy is essentially losing his mother through cancer, and he like visualizes this monster tree to help him cope with it. And the tree's voiced by Liam Neeson. Uh, and anyways, I I need to check this movie out again. Um, really, really cool, and I love the trailer. People that make trailers don't get nearly enough credit for how tough it is to get that editing just right. But man, was this a good trailer for this movie. Um, so check out the trailer for Monster Calls and maybe watch the movie too. Because I really, really think that... Ugh, sorry, I'm trying to throw away a sticker here. I really think that you'd like this movie. Um, may not be one that you'll pop in that often to watch. But if you're if you're feeling in the right mood, it might just work. Uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Uh, what else can be said about this other than Jesus Christ? Uh, I love how British people say that. Yeah, sorry I took the Lord's name in vain. Uh, Moon. Sam Rockwell. Uh, it really, really 
not to the film okay to the film community this is not an underlooked movie but to mass population yes i would say more people need to watch moon great movie it again falls under that kind of castaway martian i'm an isolated person movie uh Check it out. Kevin Spacey, regardless of what you think of him and his personal life or whatever, uh, he he does a fantastic voice edition in this movie as, is it Gertie? Yep. Gertie. It's kind of like his take on HAL 9000. Uh, really, really enjoy this movie. And this is also one that's kind of creepy and, and just perplexing. There's a lot of questions that it asks. <clears throat> oh, man, I got another gem. Uh, Mouse Hunt. Mouse Hunt, guys. Nathan Lane and Lee Evans. I want to know whatever happened to Lee Evans. I, feel, I mean, I know he's alive and he's still doing stuff, but between like this and um, and there's something about Mary, and even in The Fifth Element, he pops up in that. I really like the guy, and he just kind of kind of went away, so maybe he did something else. But in any case, Mouse Hunt is such a fun slapstick kind of Tom and Jerry style movie, but not corny. It's not corny, and it's sweet. And the set pieces are so clever and interesting. Uh, Nathan Lane is, is fantastic. Christopher Walken has a brief appearance in the movie. Uh, and like this is one to me that's like it's for the whole family. And really, when I say it's for the whole family, it does mean that it's not just the kiddos that get some enjoyment. Adults alike could watch this movie because it still has adult themes to it. Yes, it's childish. Yes, it's slapsticky. It's not always realistic. But it is fun, wholesome. Um, and very creative, very creative in, in the set pieces it comes up with. So I really like Mouse Hunt. <clears throat> and the last one also, I would say in underlooked movies, I don't know why the last couple are like that. Just a coincidence. Mystery men. Uh, this was before all the hubbub over comic book movies being super huge and dominating at the box office. This is almost like a protest comic book movie in a way, because it's people that are, they they want to they are literally the definition of a wannabe hero. They don't have superpowers, but they admire superheroes. Um, so it to me it took like the uh, I'm trying to think it, it took the you know like Joel Schumacher's Batman uh, like Batman Forever Batman Robin how Schumacher set up the world of Batman and that it's like you take that world of comic book superheroes but then put in these jokesters that are trying to make it. And then just kind of poke fun at the tropes and cliches that are in those movies while also delivering a fun, um, just cool story, too. And also, Eddie Izzard in this as, what is it, Disco... Oh, my God. It's going to drive me nuts what his name is in this movie. I can't remember. Disco something. And he's like, Disco is not dead. And and anyways, actually, you know, what the hell? I just realized I've talked about this on the podcast. Good lord, my memory's failing me. Yeah, if you want to listen to my thoughts on Mystery Men, check out the episode. It's earlier on in Screenspeak. That's why I can't remember it. Of Mystery Men. I talk about it all in there. So, boom. Okay. Whew. I think think that's enough for that's enough for tonight, right? It's enough for tonight. Uh, for if you were driving home or going to sleep. Uh, hopefully you don't go to sleep to this. I don't recommend it. You won't You won't sleep. Or wherever you're listening to this, I don't, I don't really care. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. I appreciate you, the listener. Um, that's going to do it for this. So thanks, everybody, for coming by, giving it a listen. I, I promise you part six now. Or, oh, my God, no. This is part four. <laughs> Good Lord. I'm losing track. Okay, part four. Uh, this will... 
Oh my god, I was about to say when this will be uploaded, but I'm like, you're already listening to it. Just, Jesus, continue. Part 5 will come, hopefully, in the near future. Um, I still am planning on having more guests on, so it won't just be me talking. So, if you like the solo episodes, you can feel free to check those out. Otherwise, come back for the guests. But, um, that's really all I got to say. I'm just dragging this thing out. So, have a good night, everyone. Appreciate you all for listening. And if you weren't listening at nighttime, have a great day ahead of you. You guys are